I'm Sandra Jarvis, and you're listening to Silence Your Inner Mean Girl, day 21 of the October 31 in 31 marathon. This is episode 28, Five Self-Compassion Myths. Welcome to Silence Your Inner Mean Girl, the podcast where we explore the voice in your head that makes you feel insignificant and keeps you wondering if you'll ever be enough. If you're ready to silence your inner mean girl so you can unleash the badass woman within, you're in the right place. Let's get to it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. As a coach who focuses on helping people quiet their negative self-talk, I do a lot of coaching around self-love and self-respect and self-acceptance and all things self. And I really believe that it is in owning who we are and loving that person that we become the badass woman within, especially when we figure out how to be compassionate with ourselves. I think that it is through self-compassion that the strongest, most powerful part of us emerges. Now, some people simply call that part self. I call it your badass woman within. (laughs) But I want to talk today about self-compassion because self-compassion is a powerful tool in healing from trauma and abuse. And it's also a powerful tool for simply developing self-love. However, I find that a lot of people fight against it because they think that if they're compassionate with themselves, then they'll be weak and nothing could be further from the truth. So today we're going to talk about five myths that I often hear from my clients around self-compassion. And I want to be clear, these are not true, right? They're myths and they keep people from being able to develop the qualities of self that are essential in healing from the difficulties and challenges of life and being able to move forward as that strong version of themselves. All right, so here we go. Myth number one, self-compassion is a form of self-pity. Wrong. (laughs) I'd say this is one of the biggest myths about self-compassion, that Self-compassion actually means that you feel sorry for yourself, like that those two things are synonymous. I want to clear this up once for once and for all, because self-pity takes the victim approach that causes you to get stuck in and dwell on the negative things around you. Now, I'll be honest, I've thrown a few pity parties for myself in my lifetime, and in the last decade, there were quite a few. And I'll, I'll just admit that they're never all that much fun because I'm generally the only one that shows up. <laughs> self-compassion is not self-pity, all right? Self-compassion is kinder. If you listened to the last episode, you know that we talked about common humanity. And when you understand common humanity, you know that you're not alone in your misery. And just knowing that there are other people out there who have experienced similar things can actually help you stop focusing on the negative and have more compassion for yourself. A self-compassionate mindset 
means that you avoid the woe is me perspective that self-pity actually endorses. And instead, you adopt the mindset that you're just human and that what you're experiencing is part of the human experience. And that's okay. So think about it. Think about how you can release self-pity and rephrase it into something that's more compassionate. I remember when I first got married, I could basically cook one thing, macaroni and cheese from a box. (laughs) And half the time that didn't turn out right. And at first I was really embarrassed by my lack of cooking skills because I grew up with a mom who was a pretty good cook and a dad who was a professional baker. So talk about pressure here. I should have been a great cook by the time I got married, but I had very little interest in it when I was younger. So I did my best and my husband was great about giving me compassion. It was hard for me to do it for myself. I believed that if I couldn't cook, then that would define my worth. But watching my husband and his compassion for me taught me that my cooking skills didn't define my worth. And if I burned the mac and cheese, I could still be a good person and I could still have worth. I didn't have to go down the road of the pity party. I could just throw away the burned mac and cheese and go get hamburgers from Burger King and call it good. And that was okay. So if you're someone who likes to beat yourself up when things don't go exactly as planned, consider how you can reframe your self-pity into self-compassion because self-compassion is a much more powerful place to live from. All right. So that's Myth number one is that self-compassion is a form of self-pity. That is not true. All right, myth number two, self-compassion means weakness. Now, have you ever been in a situation where you felt like you needed to put on a tough face for everybody else? You had to be the strong one? I have. In fact, When I look back at the day that I severed my hand, (laughs) I realized that I was doing exactly that. I mean, I was literally sitting in the desert, holding my right hand in my left, and I was determined not to let my family see how scared I was. I was comforting everybody else because I was going to be the strong one. Now, once I got in the helicopter to be life flighted to Phoenix, all of that crumbled. And The reason was because there was this underlying assumption that if I showed emotion, then I was going to be seen as weak. (laughs) It's so ridiculous when I think about it, but it's literally what I believed at the time. Interestingly enough, there's been a lot of research that says that being able to show emotion, being able to be true to yourself and kind to yourself in difficult times, being able to show up authentically actually improves coping skills and resilience. And I'll tell you, that was one of the biggest lessons I learned as I healed from that injury. I had to get to the point where I could allow others to see me in my, in my sadness, in my anger, in my grief, 
so that I could accept help because I needed help. I didn't need to be tougher. I didn't need to hide my emotions. I didn't need to comfort all the people around me. I needed people around me who could help me carry my load. And in order to get that, I had to learn to be compassionate to myself, to ask for help, and then to accept whatever emotions came. So think about that for a minute. Think about a time when you felt like you needed to put on a tough face and withhold your emotions for whatever reason. And then reflect on how you felt in that situation and how self-compassion could have been an ally if you had allowed it to be. Really think about that. And trust me, the answer is there. So keep looking for it until you figure it out. Because the truth is, self-compassion is not a weakness. It is a strength. All right? So that's myth number two. Myth number three. Self-compassion will make you complacent. (laughs) This is my all-time favorite myth. Seriously, I can't tell you how often I have people tell me this. I hear it all the time. If I don't criticize myself, then I won't have any reason to do things better. That's one of my favorites. If I'm nice to myself, then where's the motivation to change? Or if I accept mediocrity, what good does that do? I mean, I'll never excel. I hear this stuff all the time because I'm known to tell people that they're perfect exactly how they are right now. And that causes them to argue that if they adopt my belief that they're already perfect, then they're just going to sit around and do nothing with their lives. Now, let's get serious and talk about reality for a minute. All right. I want you to think about when you are judged by other people, how does it make you feel? Does it make you want to try harder? Does it give you the motivation to keep going? Does it make you feel better about yourself? No, it doesn't. It makes you feel like a piece of shit. So how does it make sense that if you judge and criticize yourself, you're going to feel better? It doesn't. It makes no sense. What self-criticism and self-judgment actually do is create more negative emotion. And that negative emotion actually lowers our motivation and makes us want to give up. And if you're here, I'm going to assume that you're one of those people who have a highly active inner mean girl and engage in negative self-talk nearly every day because you are listening to the Silence Your Inner Mean Girl podcast, right? (laughs) In reality, self-compassion is what motivates accountability and positive change. Speaking kindly to yourself actually helps you process the negativity and move on. Looking for positive perspectives instead of dwelling on negative ones makes all the difference. So if you're struggling with complacency or if you're having trouble getting self-motivated, I challenge you to really take a look at your self-talk. See if you're being super critical and if there are ways you can reframe your your self-criticism to be more compassionate because that's where the real power lies. So myth number three, self-compassion will make you complacent. 
is a lie. All right. So let's move on to myth number four. Myth number four is that self-compassion is selfish. And honestly, I think this is the myth of self-improvement, period. I think the problem here is that when we feel like we're being selfish, we are viewing self-development through an all-or-nothing lens. We think, if I make time for myself, then I'm not fulfilling my duties to other people, and that is selfish. But the thing is, most of us do hundreds of things for other people on a regular basis without ever doing anything for ourselves. We feel undeserving or uncomfortable when we focus on ourselves. And so I'm here to tell you this, self-compassion is not selfish, okay? Self-care is not selfish. Self-love is not selfish. Focusing on yourself is not selfish. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. One of my therapists once told me that she believed that if everyone took care of themselves first, there would be a lot less needed in this world. Mind blown. (laughs) I was like, what? That's not the way I was raised. I was taught to put everyone and everything before my own needs. The thought of putting myself first was a foreign concept to me. But when I really stopped and thought about it, it made perfect sense. If I take care of me and you take care of you and all of our friends and family members take care of themselves first, then is that selfish? No. Then that means everyone is getting taken care of and everyone feels better and service becomes something that we do for those who are actually suffering rather than something we have to do for everyone because nobody is taking care of themselves. What? (laughs) It is such a fascinating concept. Okay, so just give that some thought. And think about this. How do you typically treat yourself when you're busy? Do you allow yourself to constantly be pulled in a million different directions by other people? Or do you feel guilty if you have to say no? Do you feel bad when you put your own needs first or when you set aside time to take care of you? Look at those things in your life and ask yourself, what would change in my life if I allowed myself the benefit of taking care of me first? Maybe your mind will be blown too. (laughs) All right. So that's myth number four. Self-compassion is selfish, and that is a lie. So far, we're four for four, four lies. All right, myth number five is that I am not worthy of self-compassion. And this one should be no surprise to anyone. As human beings, we struggle to feel worthy of anything, especially love. And many of us feel like we have to earn the right to have compassion for ourselves, Fortunately, the concept of human of common humanity comes into play again in this case, because if anyone, any one person is deserving of love and compassion, then we all are. There's nothing you can do to earn self-compassion, and there's nothing you can do to make yourself unworthy of receiving self-compassion, because in the end, we're all worthy. So to wrap this up, I just want to say this. 
becoming more mindful about the way we treat ourselves is a powerful way to create more self-compassion. Sometimes we want to jump forward to the end of our journey and say, when this is over, I'll be more compassionate. When I learn to love myself, I'll be more compassionate. When I get through this one trial, I'll be more compassionate. When I lose 50 pounds, I'll be more compassionate. But here's the thing. It's actually what we do on the journey that really matters in the end. Mindfulness, which means living in the moment, helps you focus on the here and now. And it helps you from having so much stress and anxiety about the future. It keeps you from ruminating on the past and allows you to have compassion in the moment for whatever's going on. Recognizing that the present moment is literally the only thing that you have control over is how you become more grounded and how you create more self-compassion for yourself as an individual. I will tell you that self-compassion is one of the most powerful things I've ever learned to do. And combining that with mindfulness and with the ability to feel my emotions in the moment makes it so that I know that I can take on anything the world tosses my direction. So if you are struggling with self-compassion, I'd invite you to schedule a self-talk assessment call. I would love to learn more about what's going on in your life and help you get a better understanding of what your inner mean girl is telling you and how you can unleash the badass woman within. In that call, I will also show with or share with you what it's like to work with me and how you can work with me. So the link to my calendar is in the show notes. And if you're interested in learning more about how to silence your inner mean girl and start showing up as a more compassionate version of you, then click the link and schedule the appointment because you've got nothing to lose except your negative self-talk. <laughs> All right. Thanks for being here. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. If you're enjoying the podcast, scroll down and leave us a five-star rating and review. And if you'd like more information on how to work with me, schedule a free consult using the link in the show notes. I'd love to chat about how coaching can help silence your inner mean girl and unleash the badass woman within. You've got nothing to lose except your negative self-talk. Schedule your consult today.